and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show. He's Ramon. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports in Pittsburgh. And Ramon is in Mobile, Alabama at the site, of course, of the Senior Bowl, which is Saturday. But all the practices are really the big deal, aren't they? They are, man. And you know what's going on down here? Mm. <laughs> I saw your coach, my old coach, our coach, what he liked to say, going shopping, okay? <laughs> That's what he's doing <laughs> down here. I saw the whole gang, man, and they're down here scouting some players, and they were uh, they were all around, but Coach Tomlin does what Coach Tomlin does. He went around and looked at some of the big boys because he liked to see the big athletes do work. So I was, I was, you know, mostly excited to see him hanging around those guys. Yeah, that's uh, it, it's hard to describe to people who haven't seen it the excitement, the genuine excitement oh. that this man exhibits in these settings. Uh, it is not an act. It is not manufactured. He's not recruiting. He's not a college coach. No. If he wants you, he's going to have you for, day for the most part. And he need to see all of your ups and downs. So he, he it was just fascinating to watch him navigate naturally, man, to the friggin' big boys. Um, so it was, it was really cool to see that. Really good. A little bit, a little bit of a scoop here on today's uh, Ramon yeah, Foster was, show. Let's let's name names here. Who was he looking at? Who was he talking nah, to? You know, it was O line <laughs> and D line. That's where he was. He liked to see those dudes and. I think now I know we're we're gonna have a different conversation here, DK. But I think mm -hmm. a lot of people, including fans, are starting to realize it is a cute game through the air. But if you don't have those trench monsters up front, it's a hard day at the office every well, single week. No, we can stay right here on this particular subject because unless I'm have have my eyes completely failing on me here. Is that a Tennessee shirt? Uh, oh, the orange tea is never far uh, from, from this man's presence. Let's talk a little bit about a certain offensive lineman from Tennessee. Because, because Darnell Wright is a, mm -hmm. he's a good pass protector, four-year starter mm -hmm. for the Vols. Uh, he went up against Will Anderson from Alabama uh, in a head-to-head -head matchup and beat him. And did his thing. Yeah. And, and did his thing and everything else here. And he's seen by some people as a first-round guy. Uh, is is he? Is, is he somebody the Steelers might look at? It, it, it depends on what you're looking at uh, for Darnell because I followed him. And, but the thing is this. My question is where, you know, but I also say to myself, don't ask where he can fit at. Is he one of the most talented guys left at yeah. 17? And I think yeah. that comes into play, man, when we're speaking about uh, – I, 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 and I talked to a, a Steeler staffer here uh, while I was sitting around watching it. And I, I think this will be the approach moving forward, DK. I don't think they're going to allow themselves, whether you want to call it be handcuffed, whether you want to call foreshadowing that is going to last longer with an offensive line moving forward. You know what I'm saying? I think what they will do is do what they did when Max was there, when Willie was there, when Hartwig was there. I don't care how where your guys are at. We're going to still go go find talent. And I think that's where we're looking at what are the backups for the Steelers right now. I mean, J.C. Hausener, that's the only one I can really think about. You, Kendrick Green, we got nothing out of him this year. I don't think you can have enough big guys. And I think Chook's got two years left on his deal. I'm not pushing him out of the door. But I think 
when you look at college offenses, you got to say, well, maybe we're going to need a year or two to, to really build a guy up or, or train a guy to get him into that fold of starting. But then I look over to the left side and I say, well, what's the flexibility aspect over there? Do you exactly. kick Dan Moore in? Do you move, you know, uh, uh, Darnell Wright over to the left side? My only contingency on Darnell Wright was he strategically moved himself from a left tackle to right tackle. It benefited his college team tremendously from going from the left to right. So it's a matter but, of what's the plan for yeah, him in the NFL. But, so, yes. Yeah. I mean, I understand you take one for the team. Uh, lots of college athletes do, even though their parents and everybody else and they and their their advisors are telling them, no, 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 stay left, stay left, stay left. Yeah. But he, you know, he he was over there on that side. Most guys can move from one side to the other, especially at yeah. that age, though, can't they? Yeah, they can, man. And I think he's capable enough. He's a former five star guy coming out, and you know this to be true, DK. Also, they track mm-hmm. those guys. If you're a five star. You know who they you are. On the radar. On the radar. The top 100, specifically out of high school, are tracked. They usually, I think that, that group right there in some capacity hits at about 60 70% out of the top 100, where those dudes actually make it to the NFL. And he was a top 100 guy. Uh, he moves well. He was in an offense that had a whole lot of passing, so we know he knows how to protect well. And he also moves guys. He's a bigger dude, but I think he's flexible enough. He's athletic enough to be able to transition over. But I think the biggest sentiment, though, DK, is this. Picking at 17, you're allowed a lot of flexibility. 17, that point right there, you can go get a guard, you can get a tackle, or you can go get a right tackle also. So that's why his name is starting to come up a little bit more when it comes down to you know, where do you draft a guy like Darnell Wright? He's played big-time ball. He's blocked some of the best guys in the SEC, hands down. You, you mentioned a kid from Alabama. I mean, think about everybody else that's in the SEC, too. And I'm not trying to toot the horn of the SEC because that's too easy for me to do. But the amount of pass rushers and and, and defensive backs that come out of that, that league of the SEC, if you got a guy that's been a four-year starter – He's panned out to be a a, a five-star guy, and he shows it on film. He shows that he finishes also. And this is the other part, too, DK, when we broke this down, and we'll have to have this conversation because we brought it up last week. You draft guys according to your division. I met with only AFC North people. I I met with the Ravens. I met with the Browns. I met with the Bengals. I met with the Steelers. It's telling. Okay? It's so telling, DK, because of, of what what are you playing two times a year to where you need to win your division. And I think that's where a guy like Darnell can come into play. Again, I think Chooks has another deal in him. But it's a matter of what is roster management at that time. If I don't know if it's Dan Moore moving or I don't know if it's Dotson getting booted out. It, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't. That, that to me is, is the biggest point here. Because the Steelers were extremely fortunate, and that is the word here, to have gotten through an entire NFL schedule, 17 games, uh, without a single offensive yeah. lineman missing a game. And, and in, in a couple of cases, barely missing a snap. I know. Okay, and, and that's meaning the, the guys on the right. Chooks missed one. James Daniels missed zero. Mason Cole missed a little bit of time, but never any games. Kevin Dotson and, and Dan Moore were available all season. I just, like you said, as soon as you start looking at the backups, I think you can take someone 
whether whether it's Williams or someone else in the draft and say, yeah. listen, just just come into the mix. We'll yeah. figure it out. Okay, we'll figure out who could we like the Steelers need a swing tackle. They don't have one. They don't have one. They no. didn't need one, so it was never exposed. But they they will need one. To, to, to your point, I don't think this group is going to be handicapped anymore when it comes down to the trenches. Yeah, that's 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 where this this conversation's headed. Our conversation is headed toward Joseph Osai when we come back. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. Ramon coming to you from Mobile, Alabama, site of the Senior Bowl. Ramon, it's it's uh, it's been quite the story in the National Football League over the past forty-eight hours or so. What happened with Joseph Osai mm-hmm. in, in the AFC Championship game, pushing Patrick Mahomes after he was very much out of bounds? It was the right call. Yeah, and then seeing some of the Bengals reactions to it and Jermaine Pratt freaking out on his way into the locker room. How do you touch the quarterback there? Whatever else here. I know. I know all the cringe, right? Yeah. And then afterward he's inside, he's doing interviews and he's got his teammates there behind him. Uh, you've lived this. Yeah. You, you've lived this. Uh, I was there in Denver. Uh, yeah. Still to this day, and I tell this to people, I, I've covered lost championships and everything else. Worst, most uncomfortable locker room I've ever been in. Yeah, one hundred. Any and sport you, you, from Jermaine Pratt to also Joseph Osai, all the emotions, honestly, all the actions. Osai was all natural and organic. Him pushing Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. We talked about this when when asked the difference of how come you know the offense doesn't get as tired you know and no huddle and stuff like that. Well, we don't have to chase the ball. He is trained like you know a soldier. Chase the ball, push the quarter, make sure they're out of bounds, make the tackle. Joseph side that is. That's a part of his job. And he did it. He had a tremendous football game. Yes, he did. So, (laughs) and of course, you get high on your own supply when you do those types of things. He knew he was having a really good game, DK. Am I right? Like defensive players Mm -hmm. know, oh, I'm I'm logging plays today. And I think in that moment for a guy like him, that's what he knows is to push a guy out of bounds. You got to think he missed all of last year, too. The rules and regulations of what he's accustomed to, he probably never been in that situation in a smaller game in his rookie year. Like, hey, that quarterback's protected. He probably always just assumed, look, or he may have heard it in a meeting because I've heard these things. If he's going out of bounds, make sure he goes out of bounds. But make make sure you know who, who you're going after and you pull up. Those are part of it. Now let's go to Jermaine Pratt's side of it. To me, he's supposed to honestly act like that. He knew they had that game right in the palm of their hands, correct, DK? Listeners, mm-hmm. like, legitimately, yep. that game, there was nothing Kansas City really could do. They were without multiple receivers. Patrick Mahomes still has a wobbly wheel. And, and you look at it, they knew they were going to win that game, and that field goal set them up. So I ain't mad at them. I feel like it's the same thing when people try to act like the kicker didn't have a bad, you know, some bad kicks and stuff like that. No. We're human beings. We watch the same game that you guys watch. And that natural critique of being upset, I'm okay with it. I don't think Jermaine Pratt was wrong after emotions settled down and, you know, him being an older guy in that locker room. I think it's appropriate for him to also go and say, hey, man, you saw the video. 
I'm a, I was upset in those moments. Which but he you did. Got, yeah, with what you did. But no, 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 I, no, no. Which, 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 which Pratt did. I mean, he, yeah, Pratt, Pratt, yeah, he spoke. Yeah. He, he stood tall afterward and said, "Hey, <laughs> that's not me. I'm a better teammate than that." Yes, but in those raw emotions, DK, there's nothing wrong with that, man. And that's the brotherhood. We've all been around either our siblings, heck, even a parent, a spouse, right? To where they tick you off to the point of, man, I I went there. But then, you know what? They say cooler heads prevail. Own what you said or what you did and just be better from it. I don't think it was wrong, DK. And I think for... (laughs) For us, sometimes as players, you know, to ch- to have to like suppress those feelings, I think that's kind of wrong sometimes too. But mm-hmm. in the team concept of man, um, the kicker missed five kicks this this weekend. You know, you, you got to play it up. But internally, I'm sure the Cowboys was like, man, he sucks. Like that that was <laughs> you lost us the game. You know, think about sure think about are. that. That game and idiot kicker. <laughs> oh my gosh, you got one job. Every I, you know how many people I've heard say that on the NFL team. All mm. of them. You have yeah. one job. Okay, it's natural to say that, but as, as Coach Tomlin liked to say, you know, it's seeking comfort because those aren't the only players that lost you the game. But that one big moment for Joseph Asai and that reaction from Jermaine Pratt, as as organic as you're ever gonna get, DK. Like I. It is. I feel bad again, for both. I, yeah, I'll, I'll reference Denver again because there was stuff that was shouted out loud in that locker room. I'm, you probably didn't even hear it because you, uh, yeah! were, you, you were so in some other goofy state. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't even get you to turn around. Yeah. That's how bad you were. And when you did, when you did, I'm going to break some news on the Ramon Foster show. You weren't all that happy with how that game was lost either. No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and, and you weren't alone. Your whole row was saying the same thing because you guys blew that big hole. You know, hole. Look at look at him. Look at him, everybody. Look at him. Yeah. He's, he's like back in Denver again. But then from the other side of this bank of stalls, you could hear another individual who wore 92 for the football team, just yell out this primal scream. And you're like, you can't judge people in that setting. You can't. Meaning, Pratt, you you just can't. No. You put everything in that. You thought you were going to get your ring there. I did. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Pratt's an older guy. Pratt thought this was it. This and I it. think he's a free agent, so there's no guarantee he's going back if I'm not mistaken. You know, so so and, and DK, I think that's it too. When you know you have a good enough team, I think that's why when we spoke about this the other day, the the, the New Orleans game, like that was a cringy loss too. You know, like that next week everything started to tumble from that that 2018 uh, New Orleans game, and then like I said, we had the fur coat episode with with AB and whatnot right after that. DK, sometimes you as players know certain stuff is going to happen or should be happening, right? Like mm-hmm. that Denver game, like that may have been like the closest window, DK, that we had left. And it, it was- shut off. Like we had some runs, right? We we had some runs, but like you know that, and I feel like a guy like Pratt or myself in those moments is like, 
I'll just be frank, like, damn it, like, you know how hard it is to get back to this moment. You know, like, it's not guaranteed that you're going to get back to this moment. I got a young guy that plays on that Kansas City team, the Tennessee ball, that's going to it. And I text him after. I said, young fella, man, I'm happy for you. I said, handle your tickets. I was like, get all that you have to. Cut family off and, and you celebrate this. And I, you know what I said to him, DK? Huh. I said, you're in your second year. I said, I went in my second year too. I said, don't think this is automatic. Embrace every single moment of it. Snapshot pictures as I blink real hard in which I wish I would have done in those moments because it's hard to get back to it. So Pratt, you know, reacting the way he did, Mm-hmm. It's fair, DK. Back to back, who can say that? It is, but he also, I mean, again, I still think he he did well to say something the next day because, yeah, I mean, th- this isn't something that you want hanging over you. You don't want this to be the thing that people remember was that you were the bad teammate storming off into the locker room. Yeah, you know? I'll say this. Anybody who's been a part of it, get it. I've seen dudes almost get to a fight over just being over the top mad about something. Um, I think somebody had to, hey, 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 chill. You know, that's one of those things. Hey, chill. Be cool, man. Like, that wasn't the only thing. And coaches, good coaches, you know, and like bring that to a, to, to a head and be like, hey, this wasn't the only reason we lost this game. Like, it, it it's the biggest moment, but it's not the only reason. When we come back on the Ramon Foster Show, the only sex that matters. That's a moment. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and the only segment that matters, and that is brought to you always by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where quality is at the core of every menu item. Three expert chefs fine-tune every sub-burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app so that they are crafted for crave-ability. Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it, Moan. Our question today comes from TJ, not that TJ, (laughs) who says, Hey, Moan, you mentioned that run blocking is easier to teach an offensive lineman. Now, I know it's not good to generalize, and every lineman is different, but would it be safe to say that a team should lean more toward drafting an offensive lineman who's better at pass protection than at run blocking than the other way around, knowing that you can teach them to run block? Oh, okay. So that's two different things there. And you just said, well, Mona, you said this was another thing. Well, let me break this down to you. To get a guy that is mostly a pass protector, that means he's used to possibly going backwards all the time. And in a sense of his his natural ability to be a run blocker ain't natural to him. The thing about having a guy that's a run first guy or has the ability to be physical. That's where it becomes easier to to teach a guy the passing game, to to make a guy's skill set a whole lot better. Because what happens with guys who are already physical is this. They probably have good leverage. They probably have good finish. All of those things go into play in pass protecting to DK. Meaning, look, if I teach you how to kick step better than you have before, I get you to a point and I'll say something to you. Now, go fight them. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I would tell a guy. It'd be hard to tell a pass-friendly guy who is more apt to or who's 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 more easily taught how to pass block, hey, mm-hmm. go go be physical. 
You know yeah, what I'm saying? Beat, like, go beat somebody up. Th- yeah, go. Be- it's hard for me to go tell him go beat somebody and enjoy up. it. Yeah, and enjoy yeah, it. I, I, absolutely. Like the guy that 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 understands the physical aspect of of playing offensive line knows that. Look, run blocking is where I really get my rocks off and be more physical. But just because we say it's pass doesn't mean that it's passive. I want to go see you be able to set to your point like you're like a, a really athletic basketball player. But when you engage with them, you out physical them. You don't let them push you backwards. You actually finish them like there you, is. You a, take the, well, use the basketball. As you say, take the charge. You take the charge and then you move them out of it. Like it becomes like a synchronized dance of, OK, met you at your point. Now I have the ability to out physical you with my punch, with my hands and with my body. So. No, I don't agree with having a pass protector draftee. You know what I'm saying? I'm 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 mm-hmm. not into that. I want somebody that does both well. That is the perfect dream. But if I know I have a very physical guy, when it comes time for me to turn out football games, I know I can lean on him. I can't remember a single offensive lineman with whom I've ever spoken who said, you know what? I really like pass blocking better. No, <laughs> I, I like no huddle better that has runs in it with passes. But there's, I, I told you guys, the anxiety levels of, of playing offensive line is so high when you're you're pass friendly. Like think about this, DK. When team when teams go down by friggin', let's say a team goes down by seventeen, and you're starting the second court, second half, they know running. you're good. You're not running. <laughs> and what do those defenders do? I'm next, coach. Send me in. Send me in. I know we're about to go run. They are lining up at the D-line, coach. Like, coach, I'm next. Please tap them out so we can go in. Because they they know that you're probably going to make a mistake in your technique or if they have the ability to set you up, meaning the defender, rush upfield, rush upfield, rush upfield. And next, yeah. Then they start running games on you. And then they start not rushing upfield. They start a bull rush you and then make you look foolish. No, think about this. I'd rather go attack you to slow you down. Put this weight on you. Wear you down. So, no, you you got to have both. Pass protecting ain't passive at all. That's good. That's like the best hey moan ever. <laughs> I, th- I thought they all were pretty good, but this was the best one. Now, well, I mean, we got to give credit here to TJ for asking a really Yeah, really that was a real question. Are, are you that's, TJ that's Watt? Stuff. He's not. <laughs> I, I have his picture here. He's definitely not TJ okay, Watt. Okay. All right. Uh, but for, you know, to, to bring that up, especially at this time of year, I think it means something because, you know, to go back to the to the young man we were describing from Tennessee. Yeah, Williams, Darnell Wright. You know, I keep calling him Williams. Darnell Wright. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you, you want to have some of that in you. Yeah. yeah, you do. And and we talked, uh, you know, off in between segments, we was about to start another. I, I said mm-hmm. to you, I brought it up and I was just summarized. I was like, he's an AFC North guy. Oh. I don't know who's going to get him. He's an AFC North guy. That's outstanding. Let's do it again tomorrow, Mo. Have fun down there in lovely Mobile. Let me get my notepad out and try to be a big J journalist. <laughs>